Hello everyone, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Our mental, physical, spiritual, and social habits are certainly work life related. We'll explore how creating an awareness of our thoughts and behaviors can empower and inspire us to accomplish almost anything we direct our attention to. Let's dive deep into the dirt and examine what research, resources, and real-life success stories from everyday folks can teach us as we grow through the day-to-day challenges. Let's get started. First of all, I'm not a five o'clock person AM. Are you starting? Yeah, yeah, I'm starting. In case something good happens, but it's just you and me. Here we go, Tracy. (laughs) So, you know, I'm just trying to carve out that time for myself. It's really difficult. Um, I have this conversation in my head that I can't, you know get on my bike for more than 20, 30 or minutes. I can't carve that time out. And um, doing an hour workout used to be standard in my day. Mm. Not a 5 a.m. kind of girl that gets up. Mm. (laughs) I know we talk fire all day long and around eight o'clock, I don't want to do another workout. (laughs) So I work in a gym. Shocking. (laughs) And if I get 20 minutes in, because me too, like, in person, it was these hour workouts felt great, had all this energy, you know, carved down on my schedule, was really mindful and committed to exercising then COVID habit. So now the gym is, while it's open now, it's just quick. We do like quick 20, 25 minute, 30 minutes tops workouts. But so coming from the same space as you after all these years, it was that hour of exercise that was really said to be vital to our health and well-being. Um, so really mindful now of research and how that programming is really actually not current. So that's <laughs> something, so I'm trying to be more mindful of these old habits of, you know, over-exercising or being really cognizant of what I'm eating and kind of be kind to myself and noticing that some of the research, like even if seven to 12 minutes of physical activity is helpful and healthy. So this idea of what exercise looks like is changed for me. It's still hard though, because there's all these judging of the body and how I'm spending my time and I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. Those old conversations, you know, are really hard to kind of put aside. And for today, my best is dropping in doing 20 push-ups. you know, like mm-hmm. I, I got 30 seconds I can carve out of my day. Um, and I just read this really incredible article. Someone sent me, um, <clears throat> this guy, uh, gentleman sent me on men in push-ups and how just one push-up a day extends cardiovascular the life of a male. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, you work in your industry with so many men and I know they're not going to get out of their trucks and get down. (laughs) (laughs) But the thought of that, um, even at the end of the day, like do one before you crawl into bed, Mm -hmm. do one when you wake up, I can do that. I can do two a day. (laughs) That programming that we have is very much of more is better. Yes. Yes. So you mentioned that. And I think, so I went and bought these vintage weights from this gentleman down the corner here with the intentions of like, cause I kind of been slacking on the strength training. I'm definitely on the ball with the cardio just cause I love being outside in Arizona. It's conducive to that. 
habit. I find my mental health is, is nurtured out in nature and there's no mirrors and I'm not judging my body or whatever the activity I'm doing, I'm more aware of my environment. So it becomes more less body related and more experience related. Mm-hmm. But with all I know about um, these postures that we have, where we're seated much of the day in my industry in particular, causes a lot of chronic inflammation in the body, which leads to all kinds of chronic diseases, which we see here constantly. Mm-hmm. So I know the significance of specifically training our back muscles as we get older, you know, which carry um, our spinal cord and all those nerve endings. As we get older, we have degenerative disc issues. So I know the importance of strength training, but yet if I look back just two years ago, I was so much more healthy in the muscle strength space, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I just keep putting excuses in there as to why I don't do it. But I know if I do just a set or two, but my mind is so focused on that hour, you know what I mean? Like if I don't do a full hour, then why bother? And so the weights still sit there, sit there on the floor. I bought them a month ago and I haven't touched them. Mm -hmm. It's awful. Well, what will it take for you to pick them up? Mm, stop making excuses, really. Prioritizing it. You know, instead you of... Uh, have prioritized it. You bought them. I know. I, there's so many things to do is the problem. <laughs> yes, true. Yeah, my so, coach sent me a video um, and I texted him back. I said, oh my God, there's so much to do today. I'm putting fires out all over the place and um, I just don't have any time. And he sent me a clock because he reminded me all we have is time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really important for me. So I did it. Um, and I like this because time is the only thing that we can't get back. Mm-hmm. Right. So as we sit here and we make excuses and we say, you know, we're, you know, towards the top of our career or the top of, you know, towards retirement, when do we find that balance for ourselves? It's a, mm. it's a constant question for myself where, you know, I've got great clients and, um, and all this stuff. And that, that one conversation about the hour is important, but then there's this other conversation of what's important, you know, sometimes mm. sitting still for me, mm. and it's just really hard, you know, I'm trying mm. to put a little bit more quiet meditation into my life as well. So I, I'm, I don't know if it's our age that did it, but I have moved <laughs> myself at 55 outside of the gym. And I so love the outdoor experience. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to be 55 myself here shortly. <laughs> and I too spent most of my career in student recreation or corporate gyms. Um, and since moving to Arizona, I think that's where the disconnect is for me in terms of the strength training. Like I don't want to be inside at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do physical activity and I do, you know, traditional body weight exercises outside, but there's still this programming of 25, 27 years of doing the heavy weight training. And I love that feeling afterwards. You can tell that you uh, shredded some muscle tissue down and you're growing new muscle tissue. But I think with age, I've learned that there are so many other things that are important to focus on. So while my energy was more that athletic style training, I've come to 
appreciate my body and the messages that it's sending me that maybe that way of training for the purpose of my life where I am now, it's not serving me well. So maybe that's why the weights still sit there because I, I see them as this previous life <laughs> that I became very focused on. And then there was that whole thing of like, now I'm not bothered or um, anxious about my physical body like I was before, more loving and kind to it and see it more of a vessel that I don't necessarily have to break down for an hour, an hour and a half every single day. And then I'm more intentional about paying attention to my thoughts and my mindset and how I'm feeling. Whereas I kind of suppressed that before because I'm so focused on the physical body, if that makes sense. So that's kind of why I think the weights are still sitting there because I'm still working through feelings that I've suppressed for so many years and noticing where I've neglected my spirituality, my relationships, and I'm spending more time on those versus those weights that are sitting, mm -hmm. you know, on my back porch. So I think that's why I just walk past them because I'm having a conversation with my sister or I walk past them because I'm paying, tending my garden, spending time with my husband or, or looking at the hummingbirds and just being, which is really, really hard for me. As you know, me, I have a lot mm -hmm. of energy. It's really hard for me to just be. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you named your weights Rhonda and said hello to them every time you walk <laughs> by them, <laughs> you're saying hello to yourself and maybe you'd be more likely to be connected to them. Yeah. Enough about me. Let's talk about you. <laughs> well, I think we're talking about us and hopefully this conversation inspires other people. And I, yeah. I always want to, I share myself to let people know they're not alone. Right. So I love this the whole conversation you just said about the vessel. I'm really at this place in my life, realizing that my body is just a vessel, you know, um, for the time that I have it. And as I see my mother growing older as a female role model, um, with so many aches and pains at such a young age is what I see it. Um, mm -hmm. that I, I really understand that the components to my vessel are what I feed it. And, um, what I, how I love it, like sending it energy and thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds really weird, but um, no. appreciating mm -hmm. uh, the strength that I have in the moment. And then uh, also the output, which is your energy. So, you know, sometimes uh, for me, it's just a matter of getting over 10,000 steps a day, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> I wear a pedometer and you know, and I'm, I'm not doing anything other than that, but I move a lot throughout the day. So, mm -hmm. so many people are sedentary and um, my mother chooses to be sedentary. And I keep saying, you got to move it or you're going to lose it. And, um, you know, and, and like you said, we start moving things, our bodies start saying, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like your posture. And um, I don't know. So that's the focus of where I'm at. You know, I'm trying to, I, we can talk about work and um, the struggles that I'm having in my industry. I mean, I've never been busier in my entire career than I am now. Wow. You know, there's a blessing to that. And uh, there's a stressful place to be, you know, cause mm. it's not pre COVID, you know, the tariffs created 
um, decisions of not bringing in extra material. And then we had COVID and now the supply chain for so many, so many things. Um, like argon gas that goes between window panes is only found in the Ukraine. And so, you know, mm. with the war that's happening now, we have issues with getting windows and doors in that are, you know, reasonably priced, so to speak. So, um, but I like what I do, which is good. <laughs> I love my clients. And, um, and the other thing that I want trying to put back into what I'm doing is fun. I feel mm. like, uh, I get to this place where I'm just so I, so this is a lesson for me, a teaching lesson. So last week, my, one of my clients, one of 18 says to me, we think you're mad at us. Uh, and I said, so I had a conference call, a Zoom call with them on Friday. And f after about 15 minutes, you know, um, they didn't understand the context of where I was coming from, because when my clients have me, I'm a hundred percent in and they get me and they feel my energy and we're working hard. And then suddenly with these supply chains, you know, we're done working for a while. It has to table itself and, and they feel this sense of loss when I'm not around so that when they're, they'll text me like, what is the grout color for this? And I'll, I'll not give that a lot of attention with regard to fluff. Hi, how are you doing? I haven't talked to you in a while. Right, right. And then alabaster. <laughs> so for me, I'm juggling so many balls. Sometimes mm -hmm. I go, Hey, I think it's alabaster, but I'll check later when, you know, whatever. So, um, mm. so I'm struggling with learning how to slow down long enough. Um, to give attention to what's in front of me. And sometimes I don't need to attend to everything in front of me. It can mm -hmm. wait, you know? And if sometimes I can't attend, I should like that text back to them. I could have waited. Um, and then maybe I would have had a little bit more conversation with them about it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's not a big deal in the whole scheme of things, right? You right. Know? You, you would hope that after nine months, people get the core essence of who you are working right. with. And then when you have a bad day or something's going off, but we're, we still live in a world where people misinterpret through text, mm -hmm. email, tone. Yes. And with my background in psychology, it's really, it's really frustrating sometimes because I, I feel like I'm, I'm this way. <laughs> I would think I was something else, but you know, I got to make room for everybody just doing it themselves. So. Yeah. Two things resonate with me. First of all, the fun factor. So April, I don't know if you know, I think it's the first week of April. It's national laugh at work or smile at work week. So actually at Global Trans, one of the challenges that I'm going to have for my team is the wellness director here is a month of smiling and laughing. So each day they're going to be required to smile or laugh three times. And then they check off the box and then end of the month, they submit it in and then they get a prize. But um, it's interesting. There's so much, as you know, with your background in psychology, there's so much to a genuine smile and a laugh um, and how it not only changes our energy, but it changes the energy of the person that we're communicating with and the energy within our space. So it's just becoming more mindful of that and remembering the fun factor we're at work because we're so busy focusing on X, Y, and Z. But then when you mentioned, you know, about texting a client back, um, think to myself, knowing you for what, 25 years or something like that, like knowing that you're a good soul, good spirit, depending on how we 
feel when we receive a text from somebody if we're not in a good space we're open to interpreting it maybe in not the most helpful way so mm -hmm. maybe it's really not about you it's about them and and maybe whatever stress you know what i mean so have some compassion with yourself uh, because maybe it, them misinterpreting it really has nothing to do with you tracy it mm -hmm. may have something to do with something that they're feeling anxious or mm -hmm. um, overstressed about do you know what i mean it was some sort of projection for sure but i think when you that's why zoom is so helpful sometimes because what we're doing you know seeing somebody's face and their actions and their smile makes a huge mm -hmm. difference you know like even when you go to out and get something to eat that the person's grumpy taking your money you know and handing you your food and you know um but i love i love that you're doing the fun factor for the month because it starts on april fool's day you know that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> which is friday hello people that work for her yeah call me i'll help you uh good um and hugs are also really important following yes. that too our whole body chemistry changes um when our blood pressure changes when we smile and laugh and also with hugs. And I know at work, sometimes it's not easy, mm. but you can hug your dog. You can have your one hug a day would bring a smile to your face. Yeah, absolutely. Probably so many people. Um, we have a lot of young folks that work here that are kind of isolated and I can't even imagine being a single person over the last two years when we were limited with our ability to socialize and interact with folks got to be so stressful i can't even can't even imagine and still um i think now that i'm seeing more people coming into the office and there's still um a little trepidation in how we interact and communicate with each other and i've noticed some people that were more extroverted seem a little more introverted now mm. um, their energy levels are very very different because I think the isolation factor is going to take some time to transition or I don't know, to transition to like a new working space again, where we're around a lot of energy. I don't know if you've noticed that I've noticed that change in myself, but I've learned to appreciate that quiet me time. And I kind of value that more so than I did pre COVID. I got to be honest with you being around a lot of people, which all of my life I have been, I prefer a smaller social setting now. And I'm exhausted when I'm in these social situations now where there's a lot of people. I'm not, just, my body's not as comfortable. Um, so that's been interesting to observe. But I also know that in time, I would adapt to that change if need be. But um, definitely think that uh, COVID has taught me to appreciate me time and less. Um, distraction from all the other noise. And while I miss some of those quiet conversations with people, I feel I'm able to focus on my work life and my home life a little more mindfully. And when I say that, that means again, getting back to that, I'm less physically active now with the weights. I'm noticing the things that I've neglected and the things I haven't dug deep into whether it's family relationships or whatever, where there was some um, things that happened that we kind of just glossed over. I'm noticing my siblings having health issues, their children having mental health issues. 
So for me, my time is really more focused on healing some of those relationships, but, Mm -hmm. but I know it's, it's, it's worthy of the time and effort. So um, I've been prioritizing that those relationships and and some of them are really challenging and some of them I have to put boundaries up and step away from for Mm -hmm. a while, but I still love everyone. And, and, you know, as as I'm seeing different people's health challenged, um, just trying to make suggestions or just be there as a listening, supportive person without judgment. And that can be really challenging. I like what you said about, and I, I haven't really given this much thought, but since we're all stepping back into going back to work, um, I mean, not me, but um, a lot of people, a lot of my clients, probably 80% of them are now, their schedules are changing, um, going back to work at least mm-hmm. two, three, four days a week. Um, mm-hmm. And as we looked during COVID for mental illness, Um, with being isolated, there's a lot of mental changes that occur when you go back to an office and people aren't them old, their old selves, right? We're all, we've all changed due to COVID. And so we're learning how to interact with people that used to be extroverted, that might be introverted and misinterpreting them that their quietness or there's a lot in that. That's like a lot to unpack and try. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? I can't even imagine what it's like to go back to an office and yeah. everybody's changed to some degree, but mm-hmm. our expectations and our, our history is that we start interacting with them as if we knew them before. And so getting to know people all over again and what they're struggling with and mm-hmm. how they have context. Yeah. Hmm. It's good to see you. I miss our chat. <laughs> and I think 30 years. Good to, see you as, good to see you as well. How's, how's all the family doing and, and personal life going well? If you uh, want to share. Yeah, I don't have a personal life. <laughs> I'm looking for Mr. So-and-so come my way. That's another problem. Right? So <laughs> I decided two years ago that I was either going to get back into the dating scene or I was going to get a puppy and I chose a puppy. And I noticed there's a lot of COVID dogs, by the way. I don't know if that's a symbolism. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I, I'm now in the position I'm getting a dog and get another little puppy next month. So I, it eliminates dating for me for quite some time, which is bad. <laughs> it's like good and bad. You know, um, I want to He's more social. I really do. Um, it's more energy. It's like, I can't even carve out time to work out. Uh, mm-hmm. and yet, and dating is just so time consuming. <laughs> so you're lucky. Well, <laughs> I'm hoping someone's going to find me someone and say, <laughs> it's really fabulous person. I have to be honest with you though. Um, when I moved here five years ago, I had no intention at that point in my life in getting married or dating because my health was compromised. I had some autoimmune issues popping up again. So mm. self-care was kind of my a priority. And finally, for the first time in my life, putting myself first. So my daughter was older and going to college and I had divorced, I think it was eight years before I moved here. 
but I was so busy working, working, working. I wasn't getting to know Rhonda at all. So that journey in my little BMW Mini Cooper across the states from New Jersey to Arizona all by myself, oh, I felt so much independence. And I started to explore the world that I had, this whole world out there, just traveling across the country all by yourself and just seeing the landscape and all the opportunities and all the people and the different cultures and the different ways of living, I became kind of curious about the way other people were living from a distance. So I wasn't worried about dating or creating um, the social environment for myself. I just Mm -hmm. came here and I kind of settled and I just kind of watched from a distance. And then uh, I turned 50 while I was here and I didn't have a birthday or anything. I didn't really tell anybody. I was kind of Again, I was here at Global Trans as a vendor at the time, and I didn't really say anything. And for me, it wasn't until my supervisor, Angie, who's become a very dear friend, she was so upset that I didn't celebrate my 50th birthday. Um, She put together this surprise birthday party for me after I taught a class here, and I didn't know it. So I go into the room, and, and all the ladies that I work with saying, you know, happy birthday to me. They were so generous. And that was where I started to kind of open up that loving space for fostering new relationships and thinking about those intimate connections and people with the same kind of mindset and positive energy. They're everybody, all the ladies I work with, just such positive energy. Um, I'm so thankful that I took the leap of faith and, and took time for me to make a change, to get rid of some of the energy that was in my life that wasn't really helpful. Um, so, so I was in a, the most happiest state of my life that I've been. I'm so thankful for that. I was really, I don't know how many years, almost a decade by myself. But um, once I moved here, I was happy in that space. And then my husband, who I had dated, he was my next door neighbor growing up, who I had dated like briefly in my 20s. He just happened to say hello on Facebook and we started chatting and, and I wasn't, I wanted to invite him into my happy space. Do you know what I mean? So it wasn't like we were even dating. And then he came and visited me and then one thing led to another. Um, so I think for folks that are still single, like for me, I didn't have the intention of dating or finding someone so I could be happy or so I could feel fulfilled. I had that fulfilledness within me and I just wanted to share it with people in my space, like share some of that positive energy with people in my space. Um, so I don't know if that makes any sense. But yeah. That pressure of society or that whether it's society to be in a relationship or financial struggles or preconditioned programming that we have, I think that doesn't help us, but we get to spend some time with ourselves and find out what our values are and, and what we, what matters to us. And then we develop this joy in our, in our life. Then, then maybe the joy finds you somebody in that same space um, that can make that relationship um, authentic without all the hardness or the toughness takes a lot of energy you know and and people put on a facade yeah it's uh we need a whole nother podcast if we're gonna talk about dating so just being but date yourself basically yeah i'm the heroine of my own story you know yeah 
Um, and I'm okay with me at my, at this place in my life. I'm okay with me. I'm okay with where I am with my career. And, um, so yeah, when the time is right, the universe will present an opportunity. Hopefully mm -hmm. I won't be sleeping. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's not even, uh, Finding a partner is important for me, I think, but it's not even on the top five things of my priority, mm -hmm. you know? So kids are fine. I know you asked about that. Um, you know, um, they're all over the country. <laughs> <laughs> Boston, Austin, Texas, and one here. And um, my youngest, I, I think you and I touched brief, briefly on the phone about this. My youngest, who's gonna be turning 20, He's the one that graduated from high school. He's had the toughest time uh, with COVID as it relates to transition of life. Mm. Um, it's been very hard for these kids to find themselves again. And, you know, in New Jersey, I mean, whoever's listening, we were shut down for what, three and a half months here. So, mm -hmm. you know, we couldn't do much, but they're all on, they're all on a journey. And, um, you know, I'm strong enough and love them enough that, I can help them and just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we only have so much time left in our lives, you and me. So the question is, how do we want to spend it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did we even get to talk about what you wanted to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> we are kind of weaved into our conversation about these inner voices that we have. I equated it to the fact that I bought these weights that are just sitting there <laughs> because, mm -hmm. um, you know, I have this this um, pre-programmed belief of what health and fitness looks like. <laughs> and I'm supposed to be a leader in this space. And after all these years, um, what I have found, and this is where I'm, I feel most blessed in my life. Like if I were to go back and tell my younger self, um, it's been more about the journey and the people that I've met and the relationships that I've had. And it really was really not a little bit, but really not about the physical exercise. It was mm -hmm. more about that relationship, that confidant, that person that would accept you to this, through the sweat, blood and tears, you know what I mean? Accepting you just as you are and, and not judging and encouraging you and being your coach. Um, you know, when you show up in your bad mood and have an attitude or maybe you're bipolar and you didn't take your medication or you're going through cancer treatments or, um, you know, you're in an abusive situation, like all of, I wish, and I'm going to do that. This is at some point, I wish throughout my journey, I would have logged the stories that I heard from the people in my life because they still showed up, you know, they still made that commitment to their health and well-being, And, and I think the power of the relationship was not necessarily the weight training or the cardiovascular conditioning. It was that just having, being there as a listener to listen to them and not judge them mm -hmm. and, and let them vent about whatever. Um, you know, I can think of certain professors I worked with at Georgetown Law that really highly intelligent and they lacked body awareness or social awareness and just 
through our conversations, seeing their body language change, seeing the way they interact with people change, seeing them start to actually pay attention to their physical health, which they had neglected. I think, I think uh, I've been fortunate to learn many lessons that I didn't realize, you know, in my 20 and 30s when I was interacting with these people, um, the lessons they were teaching me. Um, and then while watching them overcome obstacles, it in turn helped me be a little braver and a little more vulnerable um, as well. So pretty thankful for where I am thus, thus far and being education space and wellness space. And, and then with research and technology and through my education, learning uh, how science and research is discovering more about the brain and the body and the guts and spiritual awareness and all of that. Um, I feel really lucky because I don't know how many people get to spend time continuing to learn as part of their role and then sharing that information with those folks that really have no idea how powerful they really, really are. Um, so anyway, I feel very fortunate. Yeah. You're a very special person to me. And, um, when I met you in my life, um, the work, the training that you were doing with me in the gym was really secondary to the friendship that we built, you know, the, having the conversations of what was in our minds, where we were, where I was feeling stopped and what was going on and, <laughs> and pushing me beyond a place that I would have normally pushed myself. And that part of your career was so important, right, um, to me. And now it's important to me because all you, you get, you're like the best job ever in my world. You know, like you get to be, you get to talk about mind, body, spirit, and wellness all day. You live it um, and breathe it. And you may not be the one in the gym doing the workouts anymore, but you're doing mm -hmm. the workout through these podcasts. Um, you're touching lives and you unfortunately don't know how many lives that you get to touch with some little thing that you might say when somebody goes, aha, yeah, you know, like I can fit 30 seconds in my day to mm -hmm. do, I don't know, a leg lift or, you know, <laughs> five, five minutes of quiet time to really think about things that, you know, I hate to say the word meditation because people shy away from meditation, mm. but silencing our minds without mm. medicating ourselves and medicating ourselves with cigarettes or a glass of wine or, you know, other stuff. And, and I just think I'm so grateful that we reconnected because, um, what you're doing and, and your intention of what you're doing is really going to bring a lot to global trans. You know, I hope they're all listening and they play an able fool's jerk joke on you on Friday. <laughs> but um, I don't know, Rhonda, I, I just think uh, to keep the conversation going about balance in our lives, it changes, right? As we get older mm -hmm. um, and some days it's okay. Not today, you mm -hmm. know, give ourselves permission to turn our minds off and get outside and just look around us and breathe. And so mm. I love, I love when you post stuff like that. Cause it reminds me, wow, she slowed down long enough to do this. I could slow down long enough to do it. So I'll go out for a hike or, you know, I'll go ride. I, I like being outside. So. Aww. 
I tried to practice what I preach and then noticed when my behaviors aren't in line with that. And sometimes that happens, you know, and, and I have a bad day. Um, and I'm, I'm not conducting my life in the best way because maybe, you know, I didn't have enough sleep the day before, or, you know, I didn't nourish myself or I'm dehydrated or, what's the word hangry <laughs> whatever and and then even some days you just know you feel it you probably feel it because you're very in tune with your body you just don't have that same energy level mm -hmm. you're just a little more emotional of course you know as females you know we have to deal with different changes in hormones i mean men do as well but you know depending on that time of the month and as we're transitioning different stages of our life hormones play huge role in mm -hmm. our emotions and how long we're working and staying um, attached to technology or social media or whatever. So when I start to notice that Rhonda feels off, I found that um, I prioritize that me time and I go outside and I be. And sometimes that means I cry. Sometimes that means um, upset, mad, um, frustrated or whatever. But I also know that that will pass. So I just allow it to be, and then, um, you know, it's amazing what the sunrise and sunset can do to reset, reset where your mind is. So on those rough, on those rough days, I make sure that I watch, if I can, a sunset and just practice some gratitude for whatever the struggle was and know that tomorrow the sun's going to come up, my energy's going to be back, and I'm going to feel... Um, in a better space. So, so I'm not perfect either. I have my, my times where, you know, not eating what I know will make me feel better. And I, I make excuses for it, but I try to limit it. Um, you know, staying up, like, I, I don't know about you, but for me, it's really critical that I get at least seven hours sleep, mm. eight hours sleep, or I, I have brain fog. I'm just, I don't have that same capacity to manage whatever stresses are of the day. So, you know, that's been a hard thing for my husband and I. Really, that's been the hardest part of our relationship, I think, is because he doesn't sleep very well and um, he's not as well versed in the importance of sleep. He has some sleep issues, which I've talked to him about, and he just sees that as, oh, I've always been like this. You know, it's the way my sleep's always been. I'm like, Jim. Mm -hmm. Okay, <laughs> the reason why you're tired probably every single day and don't feel so great um, and can just like nod off is because you, you're really not sleeping well. <laughs> no, we talk a lot about food. We talk a lot about exercise. And um, I noticed that I'm off, especially with COVID. I, mm. I, I had COVID twice. Um, so there's a bit of a fog um, mm. that I with and it's hard to focus all day long mm -hmm. some days um and so getting being dehydrated is today i was like oh my gosh what's happening and mm -hmm. then i was like okay i can't remember the last time i had something to drink you know like water so i have this really cool water bottle that has day. <laughs> and as you can see from 8 a.m there's like no <laughs> liquid so, but I do have half a glass of juice with seltzer in it. Um, 
but that was my issue today and it cleared mm -hmm. the fog and got me refocused and it really does matter. It's like, as you mentioned earlier, this finding this balance in life. I know some people poo poo that idea, but there are certain things that are important to balance your nutritional choices, your sleep and your movement patterns. Mm -hmm. um, and they're directly related to how we mentally focus, how we emotionally feel. Um, and they're like my top three, you know, as well as having healthy stress outlets, ways to relieve stress. As I mentioned, the outdoors has become my place. But those three things, if I'm usually in, in a space where I'm not feeling as creative or as present with people, usually one of those three things are off. I have, I've eaten crappy sugar processed foods. I haven't hydrated myself. Um, I haven't moved my body. And I haven't slept well. And, mm -hmm. and just knowing the importance of those three components to help alleviate chronic fatigue, chronic inflammation in the body, excuse me. I don't know if you have dived mm -hmm. into this space, but um, so many diseases that we have, including autoimmune diseases, which is one of the reasons why I moved here. So much of disease, whether it's heart disease, stroke, cancers, different food allergies, autoimmune issues are related to chronic inflammation in the body. That's one of the things I wish I knew 20 years ago when I was training people, because I really would have talked about the importance of eating mostly plant-based foods, locally grown if possible, the importance of water, staying away from an abundance of caffeine or alcohol or things that just aren't helpful. That really matters in prioritizing that sleep and moving your body and not necessarily in a gym situation, just you know, wherever you are. Like those three things are super, super important. I don't know. I've been fortunate. I know you enjoy your job and you love your profession. I do too. And I feel for so many people out there that are working for the paycheck and they don't feel joyful in their work. I just wish that they would just do a self-evaluation. Like, what would you really like to do? Mm -hmm. um, we used to say we spend a third of our life working, but it's way more than that anymore. Mm -hmm. um, it's just an unfortunate way to live and doesn't bring much joy or longevity um, into our lives, I think. I think that's a really nice transition to the month of wellness that you're going to create for your company. You know, joy through just smiling. Um and I really struggle with people say, oh, happiness is a choice. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? Have you been <laughs> stepping in my shoes? Because I don't know how to be happy right now. <laughs> Sometimes it's you fool your body. Uh, you know, so one of my things when I'm not feeling good about myself or feeling positively motivated about myself, I should rephrase that. I put on a pair of high heels and lipstick, you know, oh. <laughs> seriously, anyone can do this. Um, your whole persona changes, your body posture changes. Mm -hmm. and you just feel different um, when you do that. And it's called faking it before you believe it. Right. So mm -hmm. In my mind, that's what I call it. So the same goes for, for being happy. Sometimes just putting on a smile on your face mm -hmm. uh, first, even though it's not quite genuine, becomes the thing that you laugh about to make it genuine because mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's a choice. I think it's just a reflex, but it, it might be easier to do it that way. Mm -hmm. Ache your happiness. Just 
be happy, like pretend to be happy. And then all of a sudden it just kind of works out that you are. <laughs> yeah. So you're being very intentional and you're living your life in a way, instead of letting your life just kind of happen. Um, I would say too, for people that have a hard time is regardless of whatever your profession is, there's something there. If you open your heart and mind to like looking around and exploring something. So say if you take, um, you know, a warehouse worker or I'm thinking of people in my industry or truck drivers, if you just look around, there are so many things to be grateful for, um, whether it's your coworkers or, you know, if you're a person that you like to work independently, that where you have, um, that, that me space where you're not back in an office where brokers are and there's a lot of energy, like just appreciating that, you know, where you are in the moment, you're using this machine and being very safety conscious in the moment instead of thinking, oh, you know, another day doing, you know, loading um, pallets or moving pallets or driving across the country. Like you can find sunshine in anything you do. And then I also feel like for some people who say that to me, like, oh, my job doesn't matter. It's insignificant. Well, if you weren't moving that pallet or driving that truck, none of us would have the things that we have. Like actually what you're doing is of service, is of value. Mm -hmm. So finding how your role, whatever it is, is being of service sometimes can help people mm -hmm. be a little more thankful for the job that they have versus just going to the job to get the job done, to get the paycheck. If that makes sense. It does. You were saying how right now you're not sure about how you touch people's lives and you know how you do all of that. And and I want to say thank you to all of your truck drivers and the people moving pallets in your company because in my world that's huge. That means I get product and um, I know when my drivers come. You know, uh, there's once. About a year ago, one of my drivers came and he was in such a bad mood. And I'm like, oh, can I help you with anything? He's short with me. He's not usually like that. And I don't see him very often. He's like every couple of weeks I get to see him. I go, you know what? Just stop what you're doing right now with me and take a walk around the truck. Now it's a 60-foot tractor trailer truck with another 28-foot cab. He looked at me. He's like, what? I'm like, uh-huh, get down. We're going to unload in a minute, but we, we're just going to walk around this truck together. So we walked around the truck. We get to the front. He's looking at me like she has lost her mind. <laughs> we get to the other side, the, the window. He's looking up in the truck, probably at all the things he still has to do. <laughs> to the back. And, and, it, and finally, his whole body changes. <sighs> you know, um, and I was laughing, of course. And um, I'm like, OK, let's start unloading again, you know, because. Um, and it was just those moments that shift, you know, moments of kindness and moments where mm -hmm. you're doing something that you don't normally do. Yeah. So thank you that. to all that work your, at your company because they don't get that enough from my end. Mm -hmm. I don't see them. So thanks, guys. I <laughs> <laughs> love that. Yeah. So um, that's a hard, hard profession to be in a hard space and how much do you know about your driver? Um, are they long haul local? Long haul. He's doing half the country one week and the other half of the country another week. Um, and he's um, 
was overweight and decided to put himself first. So he's mm -hmm. uh, lost about 60 pounds. Awesome. I'm like, how did you do it? He goes, I'm just eating different. And like, cause he's still sitting as much. Mm -hmm. I go, you gotta be moving. Like, well, how mm -hmm. are you doing it? You know, it's like, no, I'm just changing what I ate. And, um, you know, and I think that he appears happier. Uh -huh. So I don't think he's eat hungrier. I don't know what that means in his world, you know, but he's not, I'm not eating as many donuts. He says, you know, like, um, food choices, I think he was doing and, um, but he seemed to be more vibrant and have more energy. Um, and I was super proud of him and, you know, that is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, most truck drivers are obese and have several chronic health issues. Kudos to him because I think that is the first place to make the change is being more mindful of what you're eating, making more nutrient dense based choices. Because as we talked about earlier, a lot of chronic inflammation in the body is actually caused from sugary processed foods. And I think the statistic I heard recently was uh, maybe 40 years ago, I could be wrong on that stat, but we used to eat four pounds of sugar a year. And we now consume as individuals approximately 154 pounds of sugar a year. What? And sugar causes small micro tears in our epithelial lining that is, it's only one cell thick. So it's not like a cluster of cells. So sugar is a very abrasive substance and it's hidden in everything. So as we consume it, it causes these mm. micro tears in our protective tissue. Mm. And then in time, five, 10, 15, 20 years, that's where we start to see issues again with um, cancer, heart attack, stroke, type two diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, like I have, different types of food allergies and autoimmune diseases. So sugar is really, oh, the catalyst, I think, and processed foods as well to um, maybe how people feel, not only physically, but mentally. It's just so toxic mm -hmm. when we're over consuming it, like, mm -hmm. you know, processed, processed sugars and stuff. And he made that change and no wonder why he feels better. Mm -hmm. He's just, his cells are happier. They're not in chronic stress. And then you never know, Trace, probably at some point he's going to feel better so he's going to have more energy so he probably is more physically active next time you see him you should ask him hey do you notice that you're more physically active everyday activities not just exercises we think of exercise but i would bet you he's more he moves around more mm -hmm. um, maybe he's able to do his job with less physical fatigue mm -hmm. right because he's his body's in a, in a better space healthy because he's eating healthy nutrients um, probably cellular repair and you're probably sleeping better as well mm. bet you you know i'm not a truck driver but i'm in my car a lot of the day mm -hmm. hours uh site to site picking stuff up that kind of thing and um i struggle with eating well throughout the day so what i did was i got these power bars um to just shove in my car in the they're like in my glove compartment they're in my bag mm -hmm. um and then i realized um, if I'm, if I'm hungry, I can grab one of those if I'm on the road and there's nothing but like processed food places, you know, right. or, um, and then I don't know, 
I try to stay away from processed foods as a rule of thumb. It's so hard, but God, food preparation is not my forte. <laughs> I suck. <laughs> but little things like just hydrate and a power bar, you know, mm -hmm. they curb the hunger until you can get home and eat something really well mm -hmm. or better. No. So hmm. one of the things we did with our team here is we had a webinar on intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's kind of what I've been doing all my life because I noticed um, just with what I do in my role, like if I eat before I'm moving, I would tend to get a stomach ache. Mm -hmm. And usually I was eating things like pretzels, processed foods, blah, blah, things that are quick and go, even like nutritional bars, certain ones just disagreed with my stomach. But um, it's interesting. There's a lot of research out there that um, if you're eating or fasting 16 to 20 hours a day, how that helps with maintain cognitive functioning, um, creativity, um, our ability to um, eliminate brain fog, feeling exhausted. I mean, it takes time to get into that space. But when I think of myself as an experiment, if I go back in time, I know that when I would just wait until the early afternoon, but I would drink a lot of water during the day and then just have that one meal, um, you know, probably about 800 calories or so. I functioned so much more efficiently. I felt better. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I sometimes get into those old habits, which I still do sometimes, I just notice um, I don't feel as good. I don't function as well. Weight creeps back on. Eyes get puffy. Stomach feels upset. Aches and pains in the fingers. There's There's definitely something to that research. I know with all research, like, Five, 10 years now it's constantly changing but if you look at folks that are living the longest and very happy they tend to eat one or two smaller meals a day um, mm -hmm. so all my life i've been telling people every two to three hours based upon the current literature you know you're supposed to eat yeah. small meals a day you know want to stock the fire with twigs throughout the day instead of just putting a log on at night it's so confusing and I'm in this space, so I can only imagine for people out there trying to make helpful choices for themselves, the bar is always being moved. And how are you supposed to know exactly what to do? Because there's so much misinformation and then mm -hmm. CDC or whoever, the, the government puts these guidelines out of what the healthy plate looks like, and then they change it constantly. And have my whole idea about industrial agriculture and how that plays a role in money and profits. But I think there's something to eating less, moving more, eating mostly plants. And if you're eating meats, eating grass-fed foods where animals are allowed to graze and they're not being fed pesticides, antibiotics, and all those other things, um, some, something to that. And longevity, because now doctors, people in medicine are able to fix our physical bodies when something happens, right? Mm -hmm. We're living longer and then we're noticing that cognitive decline, particularly for women, which just starts as early as their forties. So there's a lot of research in that space. I remember at Georgetown Law, a couple professors there having early onset dementia issues. There's really something to nutrition. Um, and again, going back to that chronic inflammation in the brain mm -hmm. um, and the toxins in there, that are maybe contributing to some of the issues with people as they get older, because now we're able to live longer. Um, you know, it's just interesting space about nutrition and well-being. 
Yeah. All those people like myself that are listening to this, it changes so constantly. Mm-hmm. I think um, I just got involved with intermittent fasting. Um, mm-hmm. Not, I'm not, and I haven't changed anything. It's like, mm-hmm. aha, that's what my body naturally. So I like to eat a little bit later in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm cutting back a little bit of an hour of that, but I typically, you know, I'm different than my mother. My mother was like, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. You know, <laughs> my body is really not hungry until about noon, 11, 12 <laughs> o'clock. And so for me, and, and when you don't eat that long, the first thing you put in your body is so important, um, that it be healthy. And it's, it's hard to balance that, what I call hangry, you know, that mm-hmm. state where you, I'm really hungry. Okay. Got to eat something, got to eat something, got to eat something. And then you might be driving a truck and not mm-hmm. being able to eat. That's why planning ahead and ha- having that emergency healthy snack. Mm-hmm. Might be. Um, but you know, it, every, I think life is about body awareness. Mm-hmm. It's about mind awareness and just trying to do a little bit at a time. I mean, you, we don't have to be perfect in mm-hmm. every aspect that we do. And, you know, myself of that. Yeah, and different strokes for different folks. We're all different and what works for you may not work for me. Mm-hmm. So trying to think of changes that we're trying to make for longevity, just be your own experiment and be, be curious try new things don't take anything that anyone says including us at face value mm-hmm. you try it you see what works for you and yeah. become self-aware do a body scan check in with yourself if your eye is twitching all of a sudden there's something wrong pay attention to that take a look at how you're eating what you're what you're drinking the stress in your life um, any type of medications you're taking, um, if you're drinking, consuming alcohol, smoking, like our body gives us signals that something's off and the disease that comes is just the result of years of not paying attention to the body cues that were already there, you know, not managing our stress in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. So Agreed. this was fun. Yeah. I'm so glad that we reconnected. It's been so many years and it's nice to have a conversation with a friend from from Jersey that, you know, I've appreciated there are certain moments in time in my memory of you warming up on that treadmill and asking me to push you harder. And I just want you to know that you also have motivated me to push myself harder, you know, in that sense of we are capable of so much more than we sometimes think because we put these self-limiting beliefs on ourselves. It's so nice to have a super powerful person, a super friend, a super being there to support us and, and encourage us not only to push them a little bit more, but to in turn push ourselves a little more. So I appreciate that. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for that compliment. <laughs> And I'm going to join your month of smiles, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'll send you, I'll send you the PowerPoint presentation. It's got a little, little calendar on there and you can follow along and then send me your results. I'll send you a little something in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, Action item. What should we do for an action item? I'm not used to that question. So (laughs) talk about lots of actions. (laughs) 
Well, you you had mentioned you were doing. I saw on the LinkedIn the uh, the reverse push ups against the wall. What was that? Oh my gosh! So <laughs> I decided that one of the ways to hold myself accountable was through a social media presence. So I just put myself out there and said, okay, I'm doing this and um, you all can join me and look at me. I'm humble. My face isn't on. I'm not put together. And, um, you know, for the most part, I like to show up having fun anyway. So um, I spent a day following somebody every hour on the hour, just doing half of whatever they did. And, and then Sunday was my chance to lead every hour on the hour. So I thought it was over and uh, my coach is still sending me little videos. <laughs> uh, and it's over. He's just inspiring me and reminding me that I have time. So I challenge everybody to find, let's see, gosh, a minute, you know, how about, how about 15 seconds of a chair sit against the wall? That's, Ooh. Good. That's a good one. Right. Yes, I love it. Straight that behind you. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, you mean me. <laughs> what I'll do is I will. It. <laughs> when we're done, I'll go out because I'm all hooked up here to wires and all. I'll go out. I'll get someone. I hear somebody in the gym now to either demonstrate it or I'll demonstrate it. That's hard. If you can't do 15, do five. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard. 15 seconds is. is a long time when you're that posture. Well, thanks again. <laughs> All right, Tracy. Great to see you. Thanks for joining us. All right, bye, everybody. Bye -bye. That wraps up this episode of Work Life 360. Make sure you check out all the other episodes and the show notes for links to any articles, resources, or for more information about guest reference on the episode. I appreciate your time and I ask you to send any feedback to worklife360podcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Freight 360 for your continued support.